For me, it comes down to the gospel. I think the gospel is a story of God taking people who were on the outside, who were not part of his family, and adopted them into his family. And so if not for adoption, I would still be in judgment, a child of wrath. Welcome to this episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I am your host. And today I'm joined by, is it joined with or joined by? Joined. I don't know. I, today I'm recording with Adam and Katie Cooper. Hello, friends. Hello. Hi. How are you? Doing well. Doing this, well. Adam, Adam is wearing a very adorable beanie right now because it's a cold Saturday morning. And we don't have our heat on because we're trying to, to save money for adoption. So, <laughs> Perfect segue. <laughs> so... Um, uh, Adam and Katie, I, I invited them to be on the podcast to talk about adoption, to talk about what the Lord's doing, how how He kind of got them to the place where they where they wanted to adopt. But before we talk about that, I'm going to ask you four questions. First, who are you? Second, what do you do? Third, what's your role at the church at Greer Station? And number four, what are your thoughts on Christmas music? Wh- where should it be located on the calendar? Is it is it permissible past Halloween, or does it need to be past Thanksgiving? So you can answer that last. All right, I, my name's Adam. Uh, I am a teacher at Shannon Forest Christian School. I teach Bible and theology. Uh, I am a community group leader at the church, and I used to be a resident. Uh, I think last week you called them resident nerds. Um, yes. And for th- my opinion, I so this is a very hot topic at, at my school because I have kids who are begging me to play Christmas music right now. Uh, I'm opposed to it. Enjoy, enjoy uh, Thanksgiving as it is, and let Christmas be its own thing. I'm Katie. I um, am married to Adam, and I help serve with our community group and on our finance and kids teams, um, and I am a bookkeeper at an accounting firm. Um, and I would get in trouble growing up if I practiced my Christmas recital music before Thanksgiving in front of my dad, so I'm a hard after Thanksgiving person as well. I was raised raised to be that way so this came up in premarital we had to be on the same <laughs> yeah yeah well what uh, are you oh i'm i'm staunchly after thanksgiving really yeah yeah i mean i love christmas music as much as the next guy and christmas cookies and stuff but it's like man the the sooner you indulge it like the quicker you get tired of it so i feel like there's a tradition for me of just when black friday shopping happens is when christmas music starts being played yeah i'm i'm okay with that yeah I'm good with that. We gotta, we gotta let Thanksgiving. We gotta do its thing. So with that, other than you know, obviously like the Thanksgiving Day celebration. What do, what do you, how do you celebrate Thanksgiving the month of November? You know, like Halloween, you can listen to like Thriller and you can watch scary movies. How do you celebrate Thanksgiving prior to the actual celebration of the day? Do you? Is it possible? I I've gained weight. Okay. I, I eat. That's your Thanksgiving tradition. Is you just stretch you the pre-game. stomach. That's right. You stretch the pre-gaming for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, cool. Um, we Emily was talking about that. She was like, "We got to decorate for Thanksgiving." It's like, what do you, what do you like? Leaves? You just get leaves. Fall is how cornucopias. We cornucopias. Yeah, yep. perfect. Cool. So uh, as we mentioned, uh, these two are um, uh, are in the thick of the adoption process and have, have felt the Lord direct them there and have, have seen the Lord graciously provide along the way. Where are you guys at in this process? So we have finished our home study, which is basically saying that we're legally capable of caring for children and that we can adopt. 
right now we are in the waiting phase to be matched with an expectant mother. Um, so we're trying to take that time to fundraise um, and to raise support and to, you know, get some extra income. Um, the natural, the national um, average cost of adoption is about $40,000. We're hoping to be much less than that, but still, that's a still um, a big hoop to go through. So once we match with the mom and she feels good with us and we feel good with her, it's just a waiting game till baby's born and for some legal paperwork to clear up. Explain the, the, the matching process. I mean, how, 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 was that, how was that match made and what, did, what does it mean to be matched with a parent? So um, we will get a call from our attorney with different cases and he'll explain the situation, where the mom's at, different medical concerns. Um, if we feel good about it from a financial standpoint, if we feel good about it from whether or not we can care for that child, we'll say, yes, we'd like to be presented. Um, and presenting involves we make a book where we write the mom a letter explaining who we are. We show pictures of ourselves, of our families, of our friends, of our home so she can kind of see the environment the child's going to be raised in. If she feels good about us, we'll have a conversation together, maybe multiple conversations, and then we'll be considered matched. So really the power lies in her hand as it should. I mean, it's her child that she's making this decision for. So. Yeah. And normally we're matched when she's still um, a few months away from giving birth. So that gives us some time to prepare. I've explained it. like I feel like we're perpetually in the eight to nine month range of pregnancy where go time can happen any moment where we yeah. can get a call and be a month away from having a baby in the home. Yeah, that's good. Um, so what, uh, why adopt? Like imagine someone who's just totally clueless comes to you and says, why, why did you guys make this decision? What would you say to them? For me, it comes down to the gospel. I think the gospel is a story of God taking people who were on the outside, who were not part of his family, and in, adopted them into his family. And so if not for adoption, I would still be in judgment, a child of wrath. And so I've always dreamed about one day being able to imitate my heavenly father, to do that to somebody on earth in the same way he's done that to me in the gospel story. And it's interesting, as you like just see the, the story of the New Testament church, it's a story of struggling with this idea of adoption. You have people who were biologically part of God's family, uh, mm. the Israelites, saying, yeah, I mean, those people are Christians, but they're not really part of God's family, right? They've got to mm. be circumcised. And I think what you see can be being played out in the New Testament is this idea of, no, like those who were once outside can be brought in, and it's just as valid as being born mm. in. And so um, we've always seen that as something valuable, and we've, from dating, have always talked about we want to adopt regardless of, of what we do. Um, I think a lot of times people adopt and they view it as a plan B. We could not have a biological child. And so plan B is to adopt and that's fine. And for us, um, we think biological children are great and they're a gift of God. But I think adoption is its own good gift separate from having biological children. Mm. Would you add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, our story is marked by infertility. Like I find out, I found out... Um, at age 15 that, you know, children would probably not be something that I could have biologically and God in his goodness allowed me to have half my life to kind of think through that. But um, I think adoption's always been the first choice. It's never been, you know, pursue medical options, pursue fertility treatment. God just allowed both of us, I think, to see other families adopt and to see the beautiful thing that it is and to want that for our own family. So um, yes, infertility is part of the deal, but I think at this point in time, we would be a little sad if we got pregnant because we wouldn't have the opportunity to adopt. So, 
Um, yeah, it's not that we're saying no to having biological children. It's that we're saying yes to adoption. Yeah. But that's not to say there's anything negative about pursuing fertility mm-hmm. treatment. I think God calls you either way, whether God calls you to pursue biological um, childbirth or adoption. Yeah, that's good. So, you, I mean, you guys have just, you see that you're uniquely positioned for adoption. Mm-hmm. And you see the the way that it clearly communicates kind of a unique aspect of the gospel. And so you guys you guys want to do that. You, you want yeah. to. And it's, it's part of the reality of just... That is what the church is. We are people who are not biological family, but we are spiritually part of the same family. And if, if we believe that, um, and I think in the history of the church they have believed that, um, that has some tangible consequences as a result. And I think adoption is a further conclusion of that same thought. Mm, that's good. What um, what would you say... Uh, I, I didn't prepare you for this question. I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, if, if there were a couple... Uh, another couple in the church who are, who are kind of thinking through this process. What would what would be your words of counsel or wisdom for them? Do you want to? I think, um, I mean, it's overwhelming and daunting, but doing your research, like adoption is a beautiful, wonderful thing, but there are also people who see it as a money-making industry. And so taking the time to research um, what's important to you and what's valuable to you, what um, is a non-negotiable, and then picking the avenue that you go through. We've been really, really well served by friends connecting us with different people who are 13 years into having adopted children who see the flip side of it, who've been able to connect with us and encourage us um, with wisdom that they've learned. So I think seeking people who've gone through it, I think before this, I just kind of thought, oh, like, we'll just adopt a baby, like no big deal. And the more we get into this, the more we're realizing there are a lot of conversations we have to have and things we have to think through that we've never would have had to think through before. So I think um, researching and talking with others who mm-hmm. have gone along the process, who can kind of guide you, um, you know, to some things to think through would be a good thing. Yeah, I think that's great. I would just add, count the costs. The, it's not business as usual. Normally when you're adopting a child, you're adopting um, someone who has experienced some kind of trauma, and that's going to change um, from what we've heard from people who have adopted, that changes the parenting style and the parenting strategy. So there's just a lot different decisions you have to make as a result. And so I think in the beginning, make sure you're going into it for the right reasons and that your heart's been softened mm-hmm. I think, by God and the gospel towards that so that you can be empowered to make those decisions. And being on the same page too. Like yeah. we've had situations presented to us where I felt like we should say yes, that that was a good you know, child potentially for us to adopt. And Adam hasn't felt as great about it. And at the end of the day, like our marriage is our number one priority in our family. Like we have to be on the same page. We have to be unified. We have to be unified in the adoption process and any decision mm-hmm. that we make. And so being willing to communicate, being willing to disagree, but being willing to reconcile quickly um, mm-hmm. has been has been huge for us. Yep. Good. I was going to ask like, what what particular challenges have you have you guys experienced along the way and it seems like one of them has just been like um being able to like be on the same page with mm-hmm. when you have an opportunity presented before you it's it's not super cut and dry not totally black and white anything else that you guys would add to that our first week uh pursuing this process we had there's this document we had a sign saying we would never spank our child and we had to kind of dialogue through that. What do we think about that? Are we okay with somebody mm-hmm. dictating how we parent? Mm-hmm. We found out we were misreading the document, but we still had to have a really a pretty intense conversation for a week or so um, to see like what's a major and what's a minor. Yeah, and just being willing, you know, I mean, finances are a thing, and 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 being willing mm-hmm. to 
what I view as an expensive adoption case might be different than what Adam sees as that. Um, it's hard for me when I hear of a baby and I see pictures of a mom to like have my logical thinking brain on. Like I'm like, oh, well, the Lord will just provide all this money. And um, there's all these emotions that come into it where, you know, Adam's feeling different things. And so we just kind of have to, I don't know, we just see the world differently. I think that's just going to be the same thing in parenting too. We're going to see things differently and it's just going to be come down to communication and being together on it. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Adam, you are kind of Spock-like and kind of can provide some uh, some uh, kind of like objective reasoning. I try to. I'm also guilt-driven. And so when I get a call about, you know, there might be a, an expectant birth mother, my guilt is like, well, it doesn't matter how bad it is. Like, I, I should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm always wondering, am I walking in faith or not? Because I think sometimes there's walking in wisdom and there's walking in faith and i realized i was hesitant in the beginning of adoption because i wondered is it too soon do we have enough money saved up and i realized that was, that itself was a lack of faith mm. well you you bring up a really good point i think that um is, is really worth exploring like what is what is motivation behind adoption mm-hmm. and um we, we kind of touched on this earlier how you said that that kind of a combination of, of your story plus seeing the unique beauty of adoption has been a motivating factor for you. But, but I think it's worth pointing out and you guys could speak to this, that if, if, um, guilt is your motivation for adoption or, you know, a variety of other unhelpful things that it seems like things could go south pretty quickly. I've also, sorry, I've also seen in some people I've watched in the adoption journey who have wrestled with infertility for years and years, like, the hope can easily become that baby. Like this baby is going to mm-hmm. fix the ache that I have in yeah. my heart. This baby is going to fix the ache that I have for infertility. And like we're walking in the midst of those aches and there's just not anything I can put on a child. That mm-hmm. hope cannot yeah. be placed on a child, whether that child comes biologically, whether that child comes through adoption. Like the Lord and Jesus, those are the only things that can, that can heal that hurt, that can heal that hope. And so I think sometimes we think, oh, I, I struggle with infertility. Well, I'll just adopt a baby and that's going to make me feel better in this. And I just think that that's just a dangerous weight to put on any child or anybody ever other than the Lord, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think the process reveals, I think there's a multitude of different idols that can cause you, I think, to pursue adoption. Uh, and uh, that process and that child can't bear the weight of those idols. And so it's all mm-hmm. about if it's not the gospel, then in some way there's something missing there. Mm-hmm. That's really good. What would be some ways that our church can uh, care for and support you guys in this process? In thinking through this question, I honestly had to think through like what our church has done really well because they've done some really well things, um, really good things. I think, you know, infertility is a part of the deal and it's really convoluted and messy. And I think when friends have been willing to engage in that, and been willing to sit there. Like I think a Cassie Willard was about to have her baby and sat there in a moment that could have been joy for her watching me cry because infertility was hard, but in the same breath, watching me have tears of joys in my eye because we get to, we get to adopt. Like this is an exciting thing for us. And I think friends that are willing to engage that tension with us and to see that these two seemingly contrasting things can exist together because of the gospel has been really huge. Um, there's a girl in our community group who every time we, she hears a fundraising update, she responds as if that's her money that's been raised. She mm-hmm. responds like we um, 
are raising money for her adoption and she's just so overjoyed with us. She's just over the moon. And I think when people see what we're going through as like what our church body is going through and they own that with us and they we, we feel like this is a community endeavor that we're not just two people on an island waving at people as we go through this process. So that's been really huge. Um, Weeping with those who weep and rejoicing yeah, yeah, with those yeah. who rejoice. I mean, yeah. that, From our end, too, we have a responsibility to rejoice with others as well because good things are still good things. And we like mm-hmm. we need to remember that and not let that become an idol. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I just think people who get excited with us um, has been huge. I think practically prayer, like we have very little control in a situation and I love control and and I think we both love knowing what's ahead and we there's not a lot of knowns. I think prayer to trust the Lord in that. Um, when we're matched with an expectant mom, I don't care what the situation is. There's going to be brokenness in that situation. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be some woman in some sort of vulnerable situation um, that we have a beautiful opportunity to minister to her before birth and after birth as our child grows. Um, and just prayers for us for wisdom to navigate that well would be really huge. Um, like we said earlier, adoption's expensive. Um, we're in the middle of applying for grants and things, but just prayers that the Lord would provide, um, that the money would come in, that we could adopt debt-free would be huge. Um, with that, there are different fundraisers. We're selling t-shirts right now. We have a yard sale coming up, and we'll have some other things. So being willing to pray for those things or being willing to be a part of those things, we're, we're never going to turn down somebody who likes to, would want to give, but we're also... Um, really just coveting prayers from people. The yard sale is Saturday, November 10th. 10th. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that? 7 to 1. 7, 7 a.m. to 1. Mm-hmm. Is it here at your house? At yeah. our house on Timberlane Road. Timberlane Road. Okay. And our t-shirt fundraiser expires that same day. Expires Saturday yeah. the 10th. Yeah, we'll be selling. selling them at the yard sale. I think we're like 29 away from our goal of 100. So awesome. we're pretty close. So yeah, we, we're, so. And if someone's listening to this and they want to get a t-shirt, what do they need to do? Um, we've got it all over our Facebook page, all over our Instagram profile. Um, it's on a website called Bonfire, but um, they could just log in. and. So you go to bonfire.com and I think search Cooper Adoption and it'll take you Maybe. to that t-shirt. Yeah. Or go to your Or go to my social, social media. media. Yeah. It's all over. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and for, as far as what it looks like to support us, I would just add two things. One, um, talk about adoption with us in a way that sees adoption as equal to biological family. I don't think there's anybody I've met who would say they think that adoption is, is second tier, but sometimes questions people ask, I think in, in an innocent heart, sometimes shows they view like, why haven't you tried longer? Or why haven't you gone these other options? Sometimes seems to communicate a, well, like biological children is the best route kind of thing. So I think viewing adoption as a gospel issue with us, I think really makes us feel um, excited and cared for mm-hmm. in that and I think when it comes to caring for us I think recognizing that you can feel two things at once is a, I think a good thing for people to understand I didn't realize this as a guy that it's possible to feel two conflicting emotions at one time but I've seen kind of More walking through this in general like- <laughs> as Spock I don't really know what emotions are um it's just possible to be excited about adoption and viewed as this great thing from God but also be sad about infertility at the same time and I think as if people can recognize that, I think that's just a helpful thing to see that we can rejoice in people having children and see that as a great thing, legitimately be happy, but at the same time be sad of that lack. Even if God provides us a child in adoption, it's not going to necessarily take away those feelings of sadness. Mm. That's good. 
Well, this is just the beginning for you guys. You 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 might be kind of nearing the end of the fundraising efforts and some of the preliminary stuff, but this is just the beginning of a, a lifelong ordeal. So um, excited for you guys and um, anxious for you guys and with you guys. And but I'm grateful for your willingness to do this and your willingness to talk openly about these things. Um, and you know, by God's grace, maybe. With your example, um, others would be encouraged. Um, you know whether whether or not infertility is a part of their story or not. Others would be encouraged yeah. to to take part in adoption because of the the clear, beautiful display of of God's grace and and glory that it is. So, can I pray for you guys Absolutely. to land the plane? Father, you are love. You you sent us your Son in love so that we would be adopted. We would be made your children. Our hearts are filled, and, and we delight in you, and we love you. And I pray for my friends, Adam and Katie. I pray that you would provide the funds that they need, <clears throat> that you would, um, uh, through this, uh, the yard sale and the t-shirts, that you would, you would, you would finish uh, the fundraising process for them. And uh, we, we pray also uh, just for the, the long journey ahead, that you would give them grace, and that you would give our church grace as we rally around them and support them in the task of, of, of uh, bringing a, a little one into their home. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you that you hear our prayers, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, thanks for listening. Tune in uh, next week as we will be talking about food um, because it's Thanksgiving season. Here, here. Talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks.